to Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12. We'll read a few verses here this morning. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 12. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Verse 16, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. Let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. And so for a few moments here this morning, I want to talk to you about the same rule. Everybody say the same rule, the same rule. Paul said, let us walk by the same rule. Amen. Let us mind the same thing, the same rule. Lord, we love you and thank you and we praise you for your goodness today. We ask that you would touch everybody gathered together in this place and let your word be a strength to us. Today, we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Can be seated. Paul is talking in this passage of scripture about the same rule or the common rule by which they are to act. The things that they have experienced, the things that they have gained in the Christian life, the gospel. Anyone thankful for the gospel in the house of God here today? Praise God. The gospel is a new birth experience. The gospel is his death, burial, and resurrection. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And we identify in that gospel. We identify in his death by repentance. We identify in his burial by baptism in Jesus' name. And we identify in his resurrection by the infilling of the Holy Ghost. This is the new birth experience, and this is the good news. So everything that has been attained in the Christian life, truth, I'm thankful for truth. Jesus said the truth is able to make and set you free. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm thankful for the truth of God. Amen. In the house of God today. Everything that they have accomplished in Christ, everything that we do and we accomplish is in him. God's spirit, his anointing, and his presence, and the life that that brings, both in this life and a promise that there is life to come. Indeed, in the entire range of understanding the the infant power of God, you can't dwell drill down and get to the bottom of God's goodness. Paul said in Romans, he said, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You're never going to get to the bottom of how good God is. You'll never drill to the bottom of his expansive understanding, truth, and knowledge. 
I'm thankful that every single day there is something new that I can learn and understand about how good God is. Nobody in the building here today can say, I know everything there is to know about God. You know why? Because God keeps revealing himself to each and every one of us in a new way, a new fashion, and a new form. I came to the house of God today resting and thanking him for everything that he's done behind me. Praise God. But I know today he's doing some things. And I know tomorrow he's going to do some things because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve a God where there is depth to who he is. Woo, praise God. I feel a little energy in the house of God today because of God's goodness. And so Paul said, the things that you have attained, the things that you have grasped, the things that you have known, that becomes the common rule. And he says, you haven't, all, you haven't attained everything. And what you lack, God is going to reveal to you and he's going to make up the difference. But that rule that you're following of seeking God and pursuing God and trying to become more complete, when he says perfect, he's not talking about perfection. He's talking about maturation, maturing in God, being perfect means that you become complete. If you're lacking here in the house of God today, I know a God that is able to make you complete. You say, I'm missing some things. God can make up that difference in your life. Praise God. If you're here and you're troubled, God knows how to make up the difference of peace and make you complete so you are not lacking and you are not without. Praise God. I haven't reached perfection, but I am reaching completion because I I know what God has done in my life. Amen. He completes me. He makes me what I need to be. His spirit and his anointing fills up me, fills up what the, the reservoir in my life that I am needing. Amen. Whatever you lack today in the house of God, there is a God that can make it up. You need healing in your body? Praise God. God is here. You need comfort in your spirit? There is a comforter in the house of God. Is there an apostolic person in this house that would witness when I need peace, strength, anointing, encouragement. I can find it through the anointing and power of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. He knows how to make you complete. And he says, follow that rule. Pursue that same rule. I, he himself said, I haven't attained it. I've attained some things, but I'm still striving for it. I'm still reaching for it. That's the common rule. That's the same rule that we should follow and we should pursue. And he's talking about a maturation. He's talking about spiritual maturity. He's talking about transformation. There's different words to describe spiritual maturity or being perfect or being complete. And one of the words that is used is transformation. In Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19, it talks about being formed in Christ. And in Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, it talks about being conformed. All of these things are found in the biblical text 
They're talking about being complete. Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. So transformation, confirmation, being formed and shaped. This is the rule that Paul is talking about. Amen. You may be in the house of God here today and you may have been living for God for a long time or you may be here and you're just starting out I want to encourage you to follow the same rule. It's the same rule. That's what's exciting about it. It doesn't matter how long you live for God or the newness of being established in God. It's the same rule. And the same rule is whatever you have attained, whatever you have grasp of God's goodness and his greatness, you don't stop there. You keep following the same rule because God is going to continue to work in your life. Amen. Praise God. If you've been living for God for 50 years, years. God's still working in your life. If you've come here and this is your first day and you want to be better, God's working in your life. Amen. And we're agreeing together in the house of God today in unity. Paul said, make sure that you're all in the same mind and that you follow the same rule. And that's what we're following in the house of God today. God knows how to complete us. God knows how to finish us. God knows how to form and shape us. I'm looking for a transformation transformation in the house of God today. I want him to form and, and make a confirmation in my life today. Praise God. Clap your hands unto the Lord and thank him. Praise God. Amen. So how, how do we do that? We're following the same rule. We're striving for something. Everything that we've attained, we're going to continue that. And we're going to push through that. Let me Before I go on, let me just say this. What Paul is saying here is it doesn't matter the highs and lows. It's the same rule. You follow the same rule. When it feels like sometimes you're not getting anywhere and life has a way of seeping in and boredom kind of seeps in, Paul said in the midst of that circumstance, you follow the same rule because there is still a day and there's still an anointing that you haven't tapped into. When things are going great and life is at its grandest, you keep following the same rule. Amen. You're pursuing something. It's the common rule. It's the same rule that God is doing a, a work in your life. What would we be if we came to the house of God today and we didn't come so that God could work on us? Amen. I didn't come here today to be a spectator. I came here today to say, God, I want I want you to do a work. I want you to do the same rule in my life so that I can keep moving forward. I don't want to go backwards. I want to move forward. I've left some things behind me. I'm not going back to the weak and beggarly elements, but I'm looking forward knowing that you're a God that is deeper and greater than my human mind could even understand. There is nothing behind me that I want to go back and pick up, but I'm reaching for some things that I haven't yet. I'm not perfect, but I'm striving. Praise God. I'm moving forward. 
Hallelujah. So how do you do that? How do you become complete? How do you become perfect? Or how do you mature? Those are spiritual things that God is working in us. And how does one, uh, how does one achieve that? What are some elements that are involved in that? There's some things that are very, very clear in the scripture and they're interconnected. They don't stand by themselves, but they are connected and there's feedback loops to them. And they operate in this this idea and in this realm of biblical truth of molding, fashioning, transforming individuals and making them what God wants them to be. And so God's doing a work in each and every one of us and there's some things that are extremely important. One of the most important things as it pertains to this subject is that we identify with someone that is greater than who we are. Amen. Or that we identify with someone that is more powerful than we are. There's a lot of people that you could identify Identify with and that could influence you in our world. This 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 runs social media fan bases. It could be from sports figures to musicians to actors to political figures. People are identifying with someone or something. It could be beyond just individuals. It could be groups in which people identify with. But beyond all of those things, in terms of just a elementary discussion, in terms of living for God, you've got to identify with someone that is greater than who you are. Amen. David looked at Goliath and he said, you come to me with spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. David said, you're looking at me, but there is someone that I'm identifying with that is greater than what you're seeing. Goliath, you're looking at me as a ruddy boy that doesn't have any experience and you're looking down on me, but I want you to know I'm identifying with one that is greater than what you are seeing. And he was with me when the lion came. He was with me when the bear came. And so I'm looking at you and I'm recognizing God is greater than you are. God is bigger than you are because I'm identifying with something that is greater. If you're going to become perfect, you've got to identify with something that is greater than who you are. You can't fight your battles by yourself. You can't overcome by yourself. But if Jesus is walking with you, you can make it. You can do it. You can be victorious. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost. You can overcome your addiction, but if Jesus is walking with you, there's power that is with you. You've identified with something that is great and you can do it. God, I don't care how difficult the circumstance is, amen, how difficult the battle is, how big the giant is, how hot the furnace is, how deep the valley is, how high the mountain is. If you're identifying with Jesus Christ, you got everything you need to be complete and to mature in Jesus Christ because you're identifying with the power and the source that is able to help you get where you need to go. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Is there a witness in the house of God here today? I couldn't have done it. Couldn't have made it. I couldn't have survived. But because of his grace and his mercy, 
I'm identifying with him. The more we live with Christ, the more we become like him. That's Romans chapter number 12. When you present yourself to God and align yourself and your behavior with God and not the world and the things of the world, then you become more like Jesus Christ. Now, you are not Christ. Nudge your neighbor and tell them, you, you ain't Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're, you're not him, okay? We don't become him, but we become more like him. Amen. We align ourselves with him and we define ourselves through the lens of his experience. And there are two parts to this. There's an indicative part, which means there's an identity. There's a definition. There's an identity with Jesus. And then there's an imperative part, which is the ongoing rejection of the world. So there's an indicative part. There are things that define me, and there, there's an action part that, that puts me in, in activation and gives me clarity. It's an imperative. It's something that should be done. And there's a passage of Scripture that gives to us both of those elements. I'm talking about identifying with Jesus. How do I follow the same rule? I've got to identify with the King of kings and Lord of lords. And why wouldn't I? If I'm going to be a Christian, who is the source and object of my faith? I'm not here worshiping God based on faith in faith. My faith has an object. My faith is in Jesus. Amen. My faith is not in something that I don't understand. My faith is in one that is able to heal the sick. My faith is in the one that was able to heal the lepers. My faith is in the one that went into a grave, but he came out in resurrection power. My faith is in the one that shed his blood on Calvary. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. My faith is in that. I don't deserve it, but he gave it to me, the opportunity to be saved. And thank God for it. That blood that he shed is still effective. It is still able to cover every sin. Your sins may be high as the highest mountain, but there is blood that is able to wash and cleanse and renew you and give you strength. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So there's a passage of scripture that gives to us both understandings of the indicative, the identity and in the imperative, which is the action. Amen. In terms of parenting, when you tell your child, your teenage child that you've given some jobs to and chores to, you, you, there's an indicative part. You are in my house. You are my son. Biologically, you came from me. And uh, you know some of those phrases moms like to give when they get really riled up. I brought you into this world, and I'll take you out of this world. Okay. Well, praise God. That's indicative, right? You're my child. You reside under this house. I put food on the table. I give you clothes to put on your back. I'm here to support you and help me. That's indicative. But when I tell you to do the trash, that's imperative. That is something that you do in action. And in living for God and pursuing the same rule and maturing, there's an indicative component of who we are and there's an imperative component of what we are to do, the same rule. And there's a passage of scripture that ties it up so neatly. And it's Romans chapter 6 and verses 1 through 10 that gives to us the indicative component of who we are. 
Listen to this. This is Paul talking to the church at Rome. And he says in chapter 6 and verse number 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. This is the indicative component. When you are baptized into Jesus Christ, you're baptized into his death. And if you've been baptized into his death, then you're also going to identify in his resurrection. Amen. There's something happening. There's a power that takes place that is connected to his experience. Amen. Those are indicative things, meaning that I don't, I don't have to be dominated and controlled by sin anymore. It shouldn't dominate me because a new birth experience gives me the power to overcome that. That's indicative. You are a child of God. In the same passage of scripture, it says you are sons and daughters heirs and joint heirs with him. I receive some benefits because of who my daddy is. There is power in proximity. I've got some friends and when I'm close to them, I'm rich. Man, they've got things and being in close proximity to them allows me to experience some things that they have that I wouldn't have on my own. It's the same way in living for God. The closer you are to Jesus, the more power you have. You're powerful by proxy. Amen. I don't have a whole lot of power when I'm a long way away from him. But if I'm right close to him, there is strength and power and anointing that flows from him to me. This is why I'm preaching to you. Get close to Jesus. Don't look from afar off. Amen. But get as close as you can and identify with him because there's blessings that come to you. There's anointing that comes to you. There's favor that comes to you. Amen. Don't look at him from afar off. They won't reach you. But the closer you get, the more magnetization there is. Amen. And the more blessing that flows to you. Praise God. The closer you get, the more power you feel. This is indicative of, of who you are. And then there's this link. Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed into sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he, he indicates who we are, what has been done, and then he gives to us the imperative of what we should be doing in verse number 12. 
Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. In other words, use your members for the glory of God. That's the action. Amen. Because of the way that you have been defined, the indicative part of what God has done, it should put some things in your life. Thank God that people got up this morning and came to the house of God. That's a spiritual discipline. That's an action. Amen. Because God has done great things in my life, then I've got to put it into action. I've got to define my life, not as part of the world, but unto God. I am, Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Not yet I, but Christ lives in in me. Paul counted his accomplishments as the lowest strata. The lowest strata. He, he looked at all the things that the world might have said makes someone successful. Degrees and education and pedigree. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisee. He had the greatest teacher in Gamaliel. He had all these things and Paul said I count that as dung. It is of the lowest strata. But he said there is one thing that I am counting that is important to me. I'm pursuing this rule. I haven't completed. I'm not perfect, but I'm reaching for it and I am striving for it. That to him was the greatest thing that could be accomplished rather than all the earthly things. Does that mean that you walk away from all the earthly things? No. You have goals. You have, you have things that you have to do. Occupation, education, trade, all these kind of things are important, but they are not as important as the priority of identifying with Jesus Christ. And Paul said, that is the supreme of the supreme. That is the top of the top. The priority is I've got to identify with Jesus Christ. I've got to become complete in him. So his accomplishments in life were the lowest strata. He was not thinking from a lowly worldly view. He was not under the power of the world. He was not identifying with the wickedness of the world, but he was saying all things have passed away and behold all things have become new. I am in Christ. I am of Christ. I am with Christ. Christ is in me. I belong to Jesus. I am united with him in my actions and my attitudes. They are conforming to who he is. Ladies and gentlemen in the house of God here today, you need to get close to Jesus. There's some people you can get close to that will that, that will disappoint you sell you a bill of goods. Amen. They'll let you down. They will fail you. But I'm here to tell you in the house of God, Jesus will never fail you. He is trustworthy. You can put your time, effort, and ability, and he will respond accordingly to it. Amen. So when I'm following the same rule, I've got to get, if, if I'm going to achieve perfection, everyone say perfect. Amen. Perfect. Perfect means completeness. If I'm going to reach for perfection and completeness and maturation, I've got to be connected to the source that is going to make me that. Praise God. If you give your time and attention and affirmation to other things, those things are going to define who you are. But if you're close to Jesus and he defines who you are, you're going to be a step closer in being what God intends for you to be. 
Amen. Well, when you do that, guess what? You're going to run into some things and you're going to run into some struggles. And there's going to be some suffering. And Paul realizes this. He said, in my transformation and becoming more Christ-like and in, the, in that process, there are things that I have encountered that have been a, a, a struggle and I have suffered. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 7, he puts it this way. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And then he says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. Paul Recognized. I, I've gone through persecution. I've been troubled. I've been distressed. I've been perplexed. I've been cast down. But I realized that in the midst of that struggle and that difficulty of striving to become like Jesus, the rule that I'm following, that I can't get impatient with the things that I'm going through if, in fact, I'm following the same rule. Man, I want to establish something here right now. I want to say to you, don't give up on God with where you are right now. That's impatience. Amen. Be patient because God is doing a work. You may not see it, but keep following the same rule. It's coming. It's going to happen. You can't check out. You can't go off and take an exit off of where God is taking you because that suffering, that difficulty, that problem, it's molding you and shaping you into who you need to be. I know this is, this is, <laughs> this is, is not what the world wants to tell you nowadays. The world wants to protect you everything. Nobody can have anything said that's bad or harmful. There is a brigade that will come after you if you offend certain groups. And, and, and so everybody is trying to protect and create safe spaces. God never creates safe spaces for you. He gives you the power and the ability to overcome the difficulties in your life. He's not going to take the difficulties away from you. That's life. Life is full of difficulties. You can't get away from difficulties. They're going to be there. So it's going to stunt your growth if somebody tries to remove all the difficulties and all the struggles and all the sufferings. I want to say emphatically here this morning, that is not a biblical truth. The biblical truth is that you're going to face difficulties. You're going to suffer. You're going to have uh, turmoil in your life and trouble. You're going to be perplexed and distressed. But you just keep hanging on to the one that is walking with you because it's working something in your life. <laughs> it's producing something in your life. You wouldn't be who you are here today if there weren't struggles in your life. But you're here today because Jesus has given you the power and the strength to make you who you are. Some of you that were like, if I could go back and rewrite history, you can't rewrite history. Give up on that notion. It's not going to happen. You can't rewrite stuff. But you can say, you know what? I came through that. It was difficult. It was painful. I wish it wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't even be here had it not been for the grace of God. 
Praise God. Don't go back there and digging through all that stuff and try to figure that. If you live in that, you'll be depressed, anxious, stressed out. And there is no life in that. And Jesus said, I've brought you life and life more abundantly. You, you got to say that happened. I can't change that. It is what it is. But thanks be to God that he gave me the power and the strength to be where I am. You're not where you need to be. Oh, absolutely. You're not where you need to be. You got a long way. You got some things you got to work on, but you're here. And because you're here, that means God has been on your side. You could have checked out a long time ago. You you could have checked out on family and friends. You could have walked away from a whole lot of stuff. But you're in the house of God today because of his anointing and strength. We need to thank God that God is still working. He's still moving. Don't get impatient. Trust God in the middle of the storm. Praise God. I know what I'm talking about because this is human nature. Paul, he understood it very, very well. He said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And we like that part. Woo. <laughs> that I may know him in the power. Yeah, in his resurrection. But we, we want to stop right there. We don't want to go to the next part where Paul says, I'm also thankful for the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Nobody wants a death and nobody wants suffering. But Paul said, it's a package deal. Amen. And, and the reason why Paul would say this is because he knows that through patience, tested character is developed. And tested character brings hope. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tested character brings hope. Proven character brings hope. Stop and think about Abraham. Abraham is taken out of the of Ur of the Chaldees, he leaves everything. He walks as a very successful individual. His family was successful by the comments that we get in Scripture. And, and God calls him out of the Ur of the Chaldees into the promised land, which is basically present-day Israel. And at that point, it was Canaan land. And God calls him out of his comfort, out of a, a place where he's successful and he's comfortable. And he takes him into Canaan land and tells him, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. You're going to be the father of the faithful. I'm going to bless you as the, your, your descendants, your seed, your descendants are going to be like the sand of the seashore. And they're going to be like the stars in the heavens. And so here he is. He's walking around in a desert and nothing is happening and the years are going by and he's still looking for the promise of a, a descendant. He doesn't have any descendants and, and he's been told it's going to be like the sands of the seashore and he's got nothing. But he's still walking through Canaan land. He's still trusting God and his crops are flourishing and, and things are happening and this is all, all good. But, but, he gets a little bit impatient with the promise. And so, and so does Sarah, his wife. God has promised this. We're out here in the desert. We're wandering around. And, and they got impatient. And so Sarah said, you know what? This is not happening. We need to take this in our own hands. Here's my servant. 
my handmaid Hagar. You, 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 you hook up with her and produce a, a, a son. And so he does, and it's Ishmael. And, and that, that's not the son that God promised because God promised it was coming from Abraham and Sarah. Isn't that like us? Sometimes in the process of God molding us and maturing us while we're trying to seek the rule of becoming more like Jesus, we get frustrated with the process because things are not happening as fast as we want them to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, nowadays that's even more of a problem because everything we want it just like boom, we want it right now. It needs to happen just right now. Uh, uh, times, time is, is a wasting. And so, when, and so we get frustrated and that is when we are susceptible to mistakes Praise God. Don't get impatient with the process of where God is taking you. Don't move too fast. Settle in and say, God, you gave to me a promise, so I'm going to trust you. And, and so Abraham got impatient there. And so now he's like up into his 80s and 90s, and God appears to him and, and reiterates the promise to him. And all of a sudden, Isaac is born. When Sarah said, that's an impossibility, I'm way too old, and Abraham's too old. This is an impossibility. It's not going to happen. And God produces what he said he was going to. God's timing is not our timing. I said, God's timing is not our timing. You, you don't dictate the terms to God. You trust God, and you're in the process of God making you complete, so you have to trust him. Don't in, get impatient with what God is doing. Don't check out with what God is doing. Stay in there because suffering produces Christ-like character. Listen to Romans chapter 5 and verse number 2. Verse number three, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. So I'm, I'm in tribulations. You know what that's doing? That tribulation is doing something. What is it doing? It is working patience. Well, what is patience doing then? So if I'm in tribulation and I'm being patient, what is that producing? It's producing experience. Ex experience. I'm growing through this because now I know some things to do and some things not to do. And what is that doing? What is that working? It's working hope. A hope that maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Suffering produces Christ-like character. I'm speaking into your world here today. You're going through tribulation. It may be tribulation that you're feeling in relationships. You you, you keep, you're in tribulation, but be patient. Be patient. Don't check out. Why? Because that patient is working experience. Maybe you don't have any experience, and that's part of the problem. You need to build up some experience so that you know, and when you experience that, it produces hope that tomorrow is going to be better than today because something is working in my life, whether it's relationships or any other circumstance. I'm here today. There's some things in my mind 
and on my heart that I feel like is a tribulation. I'm trying to be patient and trust God. That's producing some experience. And then God responds to that, and it brings me a hope that, in fact, you know what? I could have checked out, but I stayed with it, and God worked in my life, and now I see everything that God was doing. I want to encourage somebody. Don't give up. Just keep trusting God. It's proving some things in your life. He's working some things in your life. Stay with it. Stay with it. Clap your hands and thank the Lord. Amen. God, put some, give me some patience. Give me some hope. Praise God as musicians and the singers come this morning. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3 said, Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? Paul doesn't look at suffering as being something that is, is, is vain. He looks at it as something that is producing a completeness and proving a character. Amen. And helping individuals experience some things so that there is a testimony and hope to someone else. Nudge your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you have a testimony. <clears throat> Praise God, you have a testimony. Amen. And that testimony produces hope. It produces hope to other people to know that, okay, I need to be patient. I need to, I need to rest here and not check out and, and, and get impatient and do things that are, 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 are going to be damaging to my walk with God and my spirit. These are all interconnected things. The interconnected things of being in Christ helps us follow the same rule. The interconnected part of being in Christ and going through some difficulties, that's connected. It's all connected because Jesus experienced those things. And then the last thing here today that's interconnected, there's, there's more, but these are, these are three that are very, very important, is you got to be, you've got to identify with him, you've got to endure suffering, and you have to experience the presence of God. Amen. You've got, you got to get into a place in which God's anointing gives you the power and empowers you to be an overcomer. There is nothing greater than a move of the Holy Ghost. This morning in the house of God, there was a move of the Holy Ghost in this place where the anointing of God moved. In the, I've, I've got to get myself in those positions. Amen. If I'm going to follow the same rule, I need that. I need the anointing of God and the presence of God. Can we agree together? Amen. As an apostolic church that believes in the empowerment of the Spirit, you've got to get in places where the Spirit can move. Amen. Moses went up into a mountain. And when he goes up into a mountain, he meets with God. <laughs> he gets in the presence of God. And when he comes down off of Mount Sinai, what happened? Everybody that's looking at him is looking at him in amazement because his face is illuminated. And there is a physical representation that Moses has been in the presence of of God. Hallelujah. When you get in the presence of God, it transforms you. I said it transforms you. Praise God. That's an Old Testament representation of a physical attribute that happened. Stephen, when he is being stoned and he is testifying about God's goodness, 
His face is illuminated and everybody looking at him sees the illumination of his face as the anointing of God touches him. Praise God. God just doesn't want to put a shining on your face, but he wants to put a power in your heart and an ability in your heart that helps you follow the same rule of becoming mature and complete in him. You've got to press your way into his presence. It's not always easy. Sometimes you've got to crawl over self-interest and the flesh, but you've got to get into the presence of God. It's the presence of God that is going to transform and change. And I must make every effort to get into the presence of God. As we stand together in the house of God today, following the same rule is talking about maturation and a completion. And in order to do that, you've got to identify with him. You've got to endure some things and you've got to get yourself into the presence of God. Praise God. The rule is that we should hold on to what we have attained and continue to greater completion. And in Christ, with patience through suffering, by the power of his spirit, we're able to be what God calls us to be. Amen. In the house of God today, if you feel impatience, amen. Well, guess what? This altar call is for you. <laughs> if you feel like you're Abraham wandering around and you want some things to happen in your life, and you feel unsettled, amen. You need to come to this altar and say, God, give me patience. I know that the power that I need comes from you, and so I want to be patient in the moment because I know that you're working. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. As they begin to sing in the house of God here today, I want you to step out by faith today, amen, and walk to this front and lift up your hands and say, God, I know that you're at work. I know you're working, and so I'm going to trust you. Amen. In the middle of every bit of suffering, <laughs> hallelujah, every bit of turmoil, I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm not going to be impatient, but I know that you're working, so I'm going to trust you. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you need healing in this place here in the house of God today, ministry will be here to anoint you with oil. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you.